the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, everyone. I'm George Roscoe. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 51 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the need for parents to educate themselves by reading some good books. That's right, George. You know, parents increasingly must equip themselves with the knowledge of not only what's going on in the public schools, but also educate themselves of how to respond. And this requires a really methodical and thoughtful study in particular reading books that equip parents for what's happening. Exactly, Mark. And so today we chose two books that I consider them as must-read for parents to help you understand the transgender movement, their key arguments, and how to challenge their irrational rationale. These are classics. Uh, The first one is When Harry Became Sally by Ryan T. Anderson. And the second one is Irreversible Damage by Abigail Schreier. And so the one thing that both of these had in common is at a point in time, they were both taken off of Amazon. That's right. Because uh, the left mob just couldn't stand the fact that somebody was willing to say, no, this doesn't make sense. Transgenderism is like completely off the charts, and we'll go into and explaining why. In fact, the last time we checked, George, I think um, Ryan Anderson's book is still not available on Amazon, although Abigail Schreier's book, I think, is. Yeah, it became back available. Um, so here's one thing for parents to understand. Uh, that the first of all, the transgender movement has completely overtaken the entire LGBTQ plus movement. So it's basically been blazing through everyone in its path by joining forces with the woke mob and really being fully integrated into the Black Lives Matter uh, statement of faith and and mission. Yeah. You know what was interesting to me, Mark, when, uh, you know, in 2020, everything erupted and then, you know, we, the whole world now became acquainted with, uh, the organization Black Lives Matter. I went on their website and it just boggled me that they actually had like a, a faith statement. It's amazing, but you know, it, it's not really surprising when you think about it. I mean, all of these groups, uh, are, are somehow connected in terms of their woke worldview. And they support one another, but it's interesting that BLM is not doing so well of late. Uh, one of its founders, Patricia Coolers, was found out to be quite an inspired capitalist, I guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, even though she said that both she and the co-founder, Alicia Garza, were trained Marxist. And yet it came out that um, at least Patricia had quite a few real estate holdings, including some very lucrative ones right here in Southern California. Hey, she was working it in that real estate. She world. Was, she was indeed. <laughs> so let's get down into it. Um, you know, when Harry became Sally, 
this was the first book that I read yeah. on on the transgender movement. Um, and so let's just help parents understand who is Ryan T. Anderson. Ryan T. Anderson is the president of the Ethics and Public Policy Center. He is quite a prolific author. Um, he um, is a very accomplished thinker and, and writer. He was with the Heritage Foundation for a number of years, and um, he's a guy that's worth reading, definitely. Yep. So – what does the book cover? So here, parents, here's like a, a quick summary of, and this I like. I like Ryan's Anderson. Uh, I like his style of writing. Okay, he's he's very facts focused. So you won't see a lot of you know rhetoric no. against the people who he's having a dialogue. I think his right. book is kind of like inspiring a dialogue. And he writes in a very neutral style. There's yes. no hyperbole whatsoever in his books. It's yeah. very factual. Um, it's very accurate um, and accessible presentation of the scientific, medical, philosophical, and legal debates surrounding the trans phenomenon that we have been seeing now for the last five to ten years. Yeah. Um, and what's also important to note is that it has been praised by experts. Um People who are of a certain caliber, former psychiatrist-in-chief at Johns Hopkins Hospital. There was a longtime psychology professor at NYU, a professor of medical ethics at Columbia Medical School, professor of psychological and brain sciences at Boston University, a professor of neurobiology at the University of Utah, a distinguished professor at Harvard Law School, an eminent legal philosopher at Oxford, and a professor of jurisprudence at Princeton so when you look at his book and especially these, um, you know, all of these people who have supported him, who have read thoroughly through his book from so many different angles, we're talking about the medical angle to the legal angle uh, to the philosophical angle, um, they put their stamp of approval behind this because – they just saw it as such a well-written, comprehensive book. Yeah, Ryan Anderson, typically, he really does his homework. And so the intellectual bona fides are all there uh, in, in this book. So, there, George, there's some key questions that are being asked and answered, we think, um, mm-hmm. in, in this book. Um, can a boy, for example, Ryan asks, be trapped in a girl's body? It's kind of a fundamental question. Can modern medicine, quote, reassign sex. Is it that simple? Is our sex, quote, assigned to us in the first place? What is the most loving response to a person experiencing a conflicted sense of gender? And finally, what should our law say on matters of, quote, gender identity? Pretty important questions. Definitely. Definitely. And so here are some of the um, key arguments that Ryan is making. Um in trying to, you know, provide a very solid answer to the, these list of questions. So the very first argument is the natural law argument. And that's kind of foundational mm-hmm. to how you start off with all of this. Uh, because, you know, I, I've had some, you know, lively conversations at work with others that haven't thought too long and hard about this. And the perception that I see that people have is that based on what they're hearing out in the media, oh, this is settled science. That 
all of the new studies coming out are clearly showing, you know, or that, hey, we just never studied this 50 years ago, so that's why we never knew about all of this. Um, And so these very silly way of of phrasing and reaching their conclusions um, can be debugged, you know, debunked. Um, And so um, here's one of the, the theses of what Ryan Anderson is, is going at. And he says this, the best biology, psychology, and philosophy, you can go back just a, a year ago mm-hmm. to the latest studies to a hundred years ago. They all support an understanding of sex as a bodily reality and of gender as a so- social manifestation of bodily sex. And as much as we would like to actually read um, the substantive proof, proof for these uh, these assertions, we don't have time to do that in this broadcast. But uh, we really encourage our listeners to to go to the book and find out how Mr. Anderson substantiates this claim. Uh, one of the, the the really interesting things about the book that I found, George, was this gut wrenching section where where. Harry Became Sally, found in Chapter 3, which narrates the stories of people who have assumed transgender identities and then later detransition to embrace their what's called natal sex, yeah. their, assigned, their, their original natural sex. And, you know, going back to the conversations I've had with coworkers, they would always come to this point, but from the opposite angle. They said, George, we have kids in our neighborhood who just – don't behave like boys. They're they're girls from a you know three, four, five years old. They gravitate towards other things. Like how how can you say that their biology is just wired wrong? Yeah. Um, and what they don't realize is that they've never listened to the stories of those boys and girls who have attempted to become the opposite sex. That's right. And the psychological and physical damage that they've experienced at the hands of willing doctors who want to go through the process of affirming every one of their, you know, childish thoughts. And there are plenty of stories out there. One that's chronicled in the book, but you can also find this online, is a gentleman named Walt Hire is a key example. This is a man who transitioned as a woman pretty early in life, and he's older now. I don't know exactly how old he is, but I would say probably in his 50s or or 60s. -hmm. He tells a rather chilling story of uh, what happened to him as a result of making this terrible decision to transition and the after effects it's had in his adult life. And tying on to this point, one of the things that Ryan does a really good job of now connecting it back to parents, right? Because parents, you know, POK is constantly talking about public schools, right? Yeah. What? It, how is this a threat in the public schools? And he brings it home for us by really exploring what is going on in the public schools and the affirming affirmation therapy approach that the teachers unions are imposing. It's not like, you know, Oh, every teacher just like, you know, has the option to do whatever they feel is best in that situation. No, it's a thou shalt approach by the teachers union. And so if a child comes out and says, well, I feel like I'm a girl, but they they are really a boy. 
um, the teacher has no power to do anything to help that child. The only quote unquote help they are to give that child is to affirm what they say on any given day, even if that changes. In fact, he goes into detail for what he calls the activist treatment plan for gender confused children. And, and it has four stages of intervention that we commonly see played out in the public schools. The first one being a social transition gives the child a new name, pronouns, wardrobe, and outward presentation. Mm-hmm. Right? That's happening. It is. It's happening all over the place. In fact, we just saw in this past uh, couple days that um, Christopher Rufo, just uh, came out, I believe it's the Oakland School District in California that has secret detransition or transition closets without parental knowledge or consent. Nope. Teachers are shoving uh, students in that direction. The, the second uh, uh, step in the treatment plan is a child approaching puberty will be placed on puberty blockers to prevent the normal development of sex characteristics in the child. And that these days, especially with more and more school districts having mental health services provided on campus, uh, a lot of that by very prominent hospitals. For example, here in Orange County, we have Chalk Hospital, who already has a contract with eight of the 28 school districts in Orange County. Um, They do that. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening without parental consent. And it gets worse. And as Mr. Anderson points out, number three, at the age of 16, the child is given cross-sex hormones. Boys, he says, will be given feminizing hormones such as estrogen, and girls will be given masculinizing hormones such as androgens like testosterone. In boys, his therapy renders a higher-pitched voice, breast growth, and a feminine body shape. In girls, this therapy renders a lower voice, atrophy of breast tissue and body hair growth. And this is where we really start to get into the physical and psychological damage part because these children are trying to navigate in their bodies what the confusion in their brain is telling them. That's right. And there's a lot of peer pressure, too, because their friends are doing it as well. And finally, the fourth stage, George, that uh, Ryan Anderson points out is at age 18, these individuals are often given the option to undergo sex reassignment surgery, which involves, of course, amputation of primary and secondary characteristics and plastic surgery to create new characteristics. In fact, for girls, it's often termed top surgery. Use your imagination to guess what that means. Yes. So parents, this is going to be the transition now from what Ryan so eloquently elaborates in his book to the next book. And this book, like when, when I started reading it, I just could not put it down. It's Irreversible Damage by Abigail Schreier. And she very narrowly focuses her entire book on a very interesting phenomenon within the transgender movement. So she doesn't take this global, holistic, uh, you know, legal, philosophical, medical approach. She really focuses on the sociological and the medical stuff that's going on um, for a particular um, segment of our population. 
Yeah, a little bit about Abigail. She's an award-winning journalist and best-selling author um, of this book, among others, uh, Irreversible Damage, The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters. And this is a fairly recent book, George, mm-hmm. 2020. Um, she's a graduate of Columbia, uh, University of Oxford, and Yale Law School. So this is a very bright woman. And her work regularly appears in the Wall Street Journal, Newsweek, and uh, many other publications. And, you know, about a couple months ago, we shared the story that she blew open about the Salinas School District in Monterey area here in California, where basically two uh, teachers uh, that are part of the teachers union, um, the California teachers union had a conference in Palm Springs in the summer, late summer, I think early fall of 2021. And they were teaching other teachers how to set up gender clubs without notifying parents. Yeah, that's right. In between writing her books, I mean, she is an accomplished journalist and she has a very wide network of parents across the country who are feeding her this information that she follows up on. George, she also talks about um, something called social contagion. I love that term. Because that's exactly what's going on here. Um, social contagions are historical phenomenon and crazes a social, sociological category. The 1980s saw uh, an endemic, for example, of teenage anorexia. Uh, numerous kids in East Africa were afflicted by these, this laughter epidemic way back in 1962. Mm-hmm. So some listeners may be aware of that, where 14 schools were closed. Um, so that same social contagion is going on with people identifying with the opposite sex. Yes. And this is what, what really triggered her to go into this direction because of all things as a writer, and, and, and I've gotten the opportunity to talk to Abigail Schreier. She, she's not a Christian. She's not here to write something, to purport a certain worldview. She doesn't have an axe uh, to grind. Exactly. What bothered her was that so many parents were starting to call her up and say, Abigail, listen to my story. And the story seemed to be the same over and over. Yeah. I am a wealthy, white, you know, middle-aged woman, mother. I have a daughter. Uh, I am a Hillary Clinton supporter. My daughter is now a teenager, gone through puberty already. And all of a sudden, one day without me knowing, she just comes home and she says, I'm no longer a girl. I'm a boy mom. Yeah. Call me by this name. And then their relationship, even in the cases where those moms were we're supportive of this. Uh, the relationship goes sideways. Um, and after hearing story after story after story about this, she started to dig into it to see if she really wanted to, you know, research this. And what she found was that pre 2010, all of the data that we had was that the way gender dysphoria would manifest itself would be typically the vast majority in prepubescent boys. And all of a sudden, post-2010... It switched. Yeah. And it switched. And it switched dramatically towards girls who are teenagers who are either going through puberty or have already gone through puberty. And she's like, what is causing such a radical shift? You have to explain it scientifically and medically somehow... And so when she saw that, 
that's when she started working on this book. And so one of the very first things probably that, that I think she, she talks about in her book is this important study by Dr. Lisa Littman at Brown University, very reputable university, where Dr. Lisa Littman was studying this effect. And she labeled it as rapid onset gender dysphoria. It's a good term of art. And in fact, in the book, um, Abigail points out that the transgender craze phenomena, especially among teens, have has gone up very dramatically. In fact, the number being referred for gender treatment has increased by more than a thousand percent in the United States and more than three thousand percent in the UK, where, where this has been uh, where this has been studied. Yeah. So the numbers are shocking. Yeah. So here is Dr. Lisa Littman on rapid onset gender dysphoria, and I just want to read the purpose of the study. And the conclusion of the study. So the purpose, she says, in online forums, parents have been reporting that their children are experiencing what is described here as rapid onset gender dysphoria, appearing for the first time during puberty or even after its completion. The onset of gender dysphoria seemed to occur in the context of belonging to a peer group where one, multiple, or even all of the friends have become gender dysphoric. Social contagion. And transgender identified during the same time frame. Mm. Parents also reported that their children exhibited an increase in social media, internet use prior to disclosure of a transgender identity. The purpose of this study was to document and explore these observations and describe the resulting presentation of gender dysphoria, which is inconsistent with existing research literature. And so here's the conclusion that Dr. Lisa Littman reached. Rapid onset gender dysphoria describes a phenomenon where the development of gender dysphoria is observed to begin suddenly during or after puberty in an adolescent or young adult who would not have met criteria for gender dysphoria in childhood. So we're talking about girls who for 12 years, 14 years, 16 years even, exhibited zero symptoms of gender dysphoria as it had always been understood by the literature and by science and medicine. So check this out. Rapid onset gender dysphoria appears to represent an entity that is distinct from the gender dysphoria observed in individuals who have previously been described as transgender. Mm. The worsening of mental well-being and parent-child relationships and behaviors that isolate adolescent and young adults from their parents, families, non-transgender friends, and mainstream sources of information are particularly concerning. And here's her, what her, her last sentence says. More research is needed to better understand this phenomenon, its implication, and scope. Dr. Lisa got, like, ran over by the mob in yeah. in social media back in, back at the end of 2018 when this uh, study came out. Um, and so parents, one of the key things that Abigail links here is that social media is the avenue by which young girls are being targeted by these transgender YouTube stars who are basically grooming and teaching young girls how to hate themselves, hate their bodies. She calls the book Irreversible Damage because so many of these girls go on to get the not just the puberty blockers if they started early enough, you know, in puberty, 
but then they go to, to the cross sex hormones because most of them have completed puberty and then they go actually to the genital mutilation stage of top surgery and other things to try and become what they are not biologically. And it is been going through so rapidly all across the country. So parents, um, please do buy these books and educate yourself. Uh, POK highly recommends these. Again, the first one is When Harry Became Sally by Professor Ryan T. Anderson. And the second one is Irreversible Damage by Abigail Schreier. Um, you will uh, you will be astonished by what you learn. That's all the time we have for today, George. So until next time, uh, we'll see you soon. Take care. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 